Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangana. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do It With Dan. I'm your host, Dan Mangana. I've got a mate of mine, what I met in another part of the world, but she's from the same sort of part of the world as me. If you didn't understand that, then it's your problem. Amanda, please introduce yourself and tell the listeners who you are and where you're zooming in from. I have never been introduced in such an exciting way as that. <laughs> I almost yes. wanted you to do it again. I, so. am, win. I am winner. Yes. Am winner. <laughs> um, so my name is Amanda Charles and I am also known as the psychic psychologist. Oh, want to know more about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm more about that. And I am zooming in from just outside London in the UK. So... Back near your hometown. Back near where I was born and raised before I escaped to the sun. <laughs> before you escaped to the sun of Mexico, you lucky thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there are worse places to be in 2020, I can assure you. I so I, I want to dive into this psychic psychologist because obviously we met in January in Dubai, which is a lovely hot place. And um, got to just meet you, know that you're groovy. But psychic psychologist, this one really threw me off. Let's start by defining what psychic and what psychologist. So what psychologist, when you say okay. psychologist, what are we talking about? So I, I am a trained, registered, chartered counselling psychologist. So I've been, um, I went off to university, did my degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, then went off to work for Reuters, actually, in leadership development, change management, um, kind of internationally. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's more occupational psychology. Mm-hmm. So um, th- then I got pregnant with my uh, eldest daughter. And from a very, very young age, I always knew that I was meant to help people to, to heal themselves, to help themselves. And I was kind of feeling a little bit stagnant working at Reuters. I loved my job. It was a really good job. I had lots of potential. But effectively, what I was doing was really helping a business profit line, really, you know, feeding <laughs> out the, you know, the, the uh, people that they didn't want there and helping others grow. So yeah. I took that as my opportunity, really, to retrain. And I went off and I did, um, whilst pregnant, I did like a year long NLP practitioner training course. Nice. I did um, three year postgraduate um uh, hypnopsychotherapy, so I learned uh, hypnotherapy and life coaching, that kind of stuff. And I pulled all that together whilst I also went back to do my master's and my post-master's in counselling psychology to, to get my chartership. So I Beautiful. kind of set up my own clinic and started working for myself from from then on, actually. So over tw- for like 20 years now, I've been doing that. So that's the... So just a little bit of expertise and experience around... A little bit. Yeah. Oh, I'm also, um, I also went off and trained to be a mindfulness meditation teacher at Oxford oh, as well. So just throw that one in. Um, just, just do a bit more in there. A few other bits what, and bobs. What else are we in the pot? 
What, what else is going on in the park? <laughs> Any more? No? Okay, we're good. Oh, so, it's going to be MDR, EFT, you know. Okay, okay, okay. You can stop showing off now. It's going to show off. No, <laughs> I work, because I work with so many different clients, um, with so many different presentations, um, for me, I uh, because when you're a when you're a chartered counselling psychologist, you're actually training all the different therapeutic modalities. Mm. So um, you can very much tailor your approach to the client's presentation and the client's needs. So mm. from ranging from more cognitive behavioural, which is more of like the, the coaching side of things, through mm-hmm. to Freudian psychoanalytical therapy. So based on my jokes, you'll know what's going on with my brain, basically. Obviously, I can read your mind. You know That's the psychic bit. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself on the line now. Did you do any of your psycho stuff on me when we're in Dubai? <laughs> not the, not, not the psychic, the psycho. The psycho stuff. Yeah. Well, I think you must have been a little bit psycho to be there in the first place, <laughs> <laughs> along with the rest of us. Should we explain where we were, what, what we were doing in Dubai? What were we doing in Dubai? Share, share with the listeners what we were doing. Well, I'll tell you what I was doing in Dubai, shall I? And then you can tell me what you were doing. Right, you tell, me, <laughs> tell me what you were doing. <laughs> so uh, because of the more intuitive side of myself shall we say yeah which we're going to get into next I will get into that you'll have to remind me because I do start talking don't worry Um, (laughs) I for a lot of my life I've denied that side of myself as a scientist I've kind of poo-pooed a lot of my experiences even though a lot of the paranormal experiences were very difficult to explain away I I was still kind of doing that so it's been a bit of a soul search throughout my life Mm -hmm. really and the last couple of years, I've been feeling like I've needed to bring the two together. And we can talk about the story in which that that's kind of unfolded, if, if you like. But the reason I was in Dubai was um, because a lot of people had said to me, oh, my God, you're the female Dr. Joe." So for your listeners, Dr. Joe Dispenza. So we were in Dubai to go to the week-long advanced Dr. Joe Dispenza retreat. Um, yes. We were. So I went there actually to find out what everyone was talking about. <laughs> like, who is this person? And no one said it. So, so he spent all that money to come and see who he is. So he didn't bother reading his book or going well, on YouTube. Well, there's a little bit more to it. So actually, prior to that, so again, we can come to this if you fancy it. But I have had quite a lot of trauma uh, in, in my life, and it has affected my body on quite a massive scale um, to the degree that I uh, knew I needed something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. This time, I've done some. I've, I have got a similar journey to Dr. Joe. I have kind of healed myself at various points, but it had come to a point where I knew I needed something bigger than me. I needed something because when you when you have traumas, it it activates your fight or flight response. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that doesn't get if that doesn't get processed, if it doesn't get completed, then um, you kind of hold it in your body. And I I just had this sense I needed something of a higher vibrational frequency that could help kind of knock that out of me somehow. That normal modalities weren't going to work with me. Mm-hmm. And I shifting along had gone to um, Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power oh, Within. Good old T Rob. Uh, 
good old TP, uh, TR, gone to him (laughs) (laughs) uh, previous year because he was, uh, because I knew this room was going to have like 11, 12,000 people in, and I knew he was very much to do with state management. So I knew that he would be activating people, they would be kind of lifting their vibrational fields. So I wanted to experience that and see what would kind of happen. I was, Mm -hmm. I just had this knowing that I needed to go there. And long story short, during, we did a little bit of this meditation and he had the OM playing in the background. Mm. And then we had to kind of release this energy. So there was lots of kind of screaming going on. And I was like kind of looking around thinking this is a little bit bizarre, but and I had the most profound experience and I, I just had no idea this was going to happen. And it, Basically, during this kind of emotional release, I could feel my body vibrating faster and faster and faster. And I could feel this kind of coming up my body into my head. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I kind of went really hot. And it the only way I could describe it was like I burst out of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I know you're looking very, very, very worried about me here. Well, it's okay. You, you stayed in one piece. So that's I did. And it was like, and I know this sounds really weird and strange, and your listeners are probably think I really am a bit weird, but it was like Sorry, I if, a if they're here, they're weirdos too. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I became a part of everything and everyone. I it was like I had kind of popped out of my body and mm-hmm. into the atmosphere around me. I'd kind of gone into a different dimension. I was mm-hmm. present, but but kind of looking down upon everything, but mm-hmm. actually not seeing, feeling, seeing through my feelings. And we do. And it was a bit scary, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I kind of freaked out and went back into my body and then thought about it afterwards and thought, wow, this is like, I'm going to, I want this to happen again. You know, what's going on? <laughs> Some more of that, please. <laughs> so then the next day I thought, right, I'm going to do everything the same and mm. go for it and then let it happen uh, and see if it happened. And it did. And I actually didn't expect that it would. And it did. <laughs> I, I made it happen again. And then, <laughs> like, but the only way I could describe it, it was just kind of like, um, being at one you know mm-hmm. being I could just like pure love like I'm not religious but it's only I could only describe it as being at one with God you know mm-hmm. it was kind of like I was a part of everything so I left Tony Robbins just thinking this was very odd I don't know what's happened I told my friend and I was saying it's like a like a spiritual orgasm it was just kind of like <laughs> out of my body. <laughs> and anyway, so I put Audible on because people have been saying you're like the female Dr. Joe from some of the things that I talk about. And I'd been listening to Becoming Supernatural. Ah, yes. And I popped it on. And seriously, Dr. Joe was there talking about his meditations and talking about a brain orgasm. Yeah. And I was, had I listened to that before, I'd have thought, what on earth are you talking about? You're bloody weirdo. Maybe even a bit interdimensionally perverse. so then i was like oh my god that's what it is and Mm -hmm. here's a man here saying that you know in line with a lot of the things that i talk about Mm -hmm. saying that you can access this through his his special meditation so that's what brought me that was a very long way of saying it i'm sorry that's what brought me to dubai that was so you came to have orgasms effectively spiritual ones (laughs) you could justify all you want but i'm on to you you dirty bug golf i know what you came for (laughs) that was actually i I didn't have any i didn't have any there unfortunately you didn't have any dr joe just didn't do it for me oh i had that's like my fifth my fifth but i was volunteering obviously i was 
on the door squad and you were helping our team leader who my beloved Lindsay be listening to this love you um had you have have you had any of those experiences like that when you've done his meditations I've had some but um I don't really care about all the Oh, look at you. I'm above all of that. It's not that I'm above it. It's just I I don't see the point in it if my life's not. I've got a kick-ass life. I direct direct my energy field and my thought quality to have inspired action that creates a kick-ass life. That's... I've got an abundant. I like my life. It's really cool. And I'm doing what I feel I'm called to do. Even if I wasn't called to do it, I enjoy what I get to do every day that for me is more important than brain orgasms the reason why i say that is because i find a lot of people and it's not just dr joe it's any spiritual teachers or metaphysical-esque teachers they spend all their time chasing something versus just being somewhere and living life i believe life is here to live i don't really care what happened in past lives when it serves me to go and check it out and bring some learning here to make better choices in this one, I go and do it. Um, I don't really care what aliens come from other dimensions to teach lessons or from the future. If it's Bashar, <laughs> is he from the future or something? Great. Yeah, yeah. Is it empowering me to make better choices here and now? I don't know. If it does, then I'm interested. And if not, then cool so. yeah. no that makes perfect sense do you know what I mean yeah 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 so I I loved um I mean I didn't go to Dubai to actually be in the event I went to like to serve and be one of the team because I've got a lot from the intersection of my life journey with Dr Joe and his community I've had some and I wanted to just give back to that that was like an act of service mm. And there's been ones where I've just been, yeah, I've come to get something. But you know what? Every time I've gone saying, I'm going to get something, nothing's really happened. (laughs) Giving off a completely different kind of energy there. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell me more about the um, psychic side? So we've got that you're badass, 20 years in this, in in the field, doing badass stuff, loads of stuff in the box, culminating in this point where, Tony Robbins was able to give you the orgasm that you didn't get somewhere else. Because you played bungle, but we love you. Um, but there's been this other narrative that's been going on underneath of unexplainable paranormal things. Let's go mm. for it. Talk to me. Yeah. Well, it depends on on how how far you want to go with that. But let's go all the way down the rabbit hole. Really. Yeah, let's go all the way down the freaking rabbit hole. Like, what's the most rabbit hole deep in Wonderland story? Share, wow. please. Okay, this is this is not something I shared. This is I've already just shared something really like freaky anyway. So let's just go for let's it. Let's go we? for it. I'm telling oh, you, if if they're listening to this, they're game for the they're game for it. Let's go for it. Okay. Well, um, the most 
freaky thing. So I'd had a lot of experiences throughout my life mm-hmm. and denied them and, you know, um, tried to find explanations for them. Lots of kind of precognitive dreams that came true. Wow. Lots of um, seeing down timelines. I seem to have this thing where I kind of know what's coming up often can be like 10 years down the road um you know i'll often tell people and and it, and it unfolds it happens Gangster. even as a child i would tell my parents you know not to do certain things and then they'd go ahead and do it and then exactly what i would say would unfold like when i was when i was 14 they actually i was actually 13 i turned 14 they decided that they my dad used to be a sergeant major in the army he'd left the army and everything mm-hmm. decided they wanted to go and run a pub and um, as you do, we lived in North Yorkshire. So they went off and moved to Kensington to mm-hmm. run a pub and do this 12-month pub course. And um, I actually said to them not to do it. But mm-hmm. I didn't tell them not to do it. I told them not to sell the house. I said, if you sell the house, rent the house out. This is a 13-year-old telling her parents. <laughs> don't sell the house because you're gonna do you're gonna do this course and at the end of it you're gonna decide you don't want to do it anymore. And we're gonna end up living in Birmingham with Nan and it's gonna split the family up. So they obviously yeah. Well, this isn't this isn't the weird stuff. I'm I'm just giving you a little taster here. So but I want more. I want all of it. <laughs> so they they obviously went off and did this pub course. I stayed in Yorkshire, lived with my friend, and uh, eleven months into the twelve months course, they decided it wasn't for them. It didn't work for their lifestyles, etc. Um, we, they'd sold the house. Obviously, we moved into my nan's house in Birmingham, bought a house around the corner uh, because my nan wanted to live there. She didn't want to move anywhere. She was my granddad had already died years before, so she came and lived with us. And then uh, there was kind of massive issues within the family, my mum and her sisters. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of was a catalyst for absolutely everything that I'd said. So that's just one example of a number of different things. Um, I predicted when I first met my the person that became my husband that in 10 years time he would cheat on me with a girl that would look exactly as I did when he met me uh, in 10 years time that she would be from Hampton Court and wait uh, wait wait you even said where she's going to be from yes did um, you tell him or do you just had I told I told one of my best friends Tasha yeah um I, yeah she'll say it even now oh my god you literally said everything ha- you um, even had it down to the place yes although she didn't live in Hampton. I don't know whether you know Hampton Court at all. But, uh, yeah, West London. Gone off to um, Richmond. Yeah. She worked in Hampton Court mm-hmm. and she lived in East Molsey, which is the next village on. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll allow a margin of error against the bloody everything else being <laughs> yeah, on the so ball. They're just little snapshots of lots of things. Like when my husband was cheating on me, I would see him in one location he would tell me he was somewhere else. And I'd be like, no, 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 you're here. Cause I could see it in, in my head. And he'd just be like, are you tracking my phone? At that point, I wasn't tracking his phone, but you know, with my mind. So, <laughs> um, lots of things like that unfolded. But um, when my, so when I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, Two months into the pregnancy, my sister-in-law died. And then five weeks later, my mum died um, whilst looking after my three-year-old. She had a brain hemorrhage. Oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, actually, that was the beginning of... So throughout that pregnancy, then my... uh, at five months, my brother-in-law died, and then my dad's best friend. And I had a very traumatic birth 
believe it or not, I'd had precognitive dreams that one of us was going to die, but clearly that was partly through trauma and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Nine weeks later, my brother died at 36, all sudden. And then my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer. We nursed him. He died. My own father was diagnosed with a very rare brain disease, multiple system atrophy, where he he just gradually lost all functioning until he was just totally locked in his body, cognitively aware and unable to even move his eyelids in the end. You know, it was horrendous. So that was kind of a space of 10 years that all of this kind of happened. Wow. But zooming back. So after my mum died, I was having a conversation with my dad about some of these things that had happened. Like So like the night before she died, I'd, I'd come home because she was looking after my daughter. I, I'd mm-hmm. gone home for my like up to Birmingham to visit friends for my birthday. And I'd walked in and there was this crucifix on um, on a, a photograph of her. And in my head, it was, that's exactly how it's going to look when she's died, she's going to die. And I'm then like, challenging this voice in my head. That's mm-hmm. just a really morbid, weird thing to think of. You, you've mm-hmm, just been mm-hmm. out with your friends and you come home and say that. Anyway, the next day I'd gone into Birmingham to go shopping and um, was due to go out that evening. Um, I had a call from my dad who'd been out for about an hour or so, came home. My three-year-old had the phone in her hand crying, saying, I'm trying to get mummy. I can't get mummy. Nanny won't wake up. And she'd had a brain hemorrhage. But I'd had certain things happen. And when my dad was in the, I'd kind of had these these knowings, like I felt very protective over my mum and I needed her to have my phone and certain things that were out of the ordinary, but didn't quite fully. Yeah, didn't really click. Yeah. And when we're in the hospital, my dad was trying to find this, you know, the the phone book to, to tell people. And it was always in the bureau at home. There was this one place it always was. And he he sent me home to get it and from the hospital. And I said, it's not there. It's not there. It's um, I think it's in your the glove compartment of your car. And he was just like, well, that's ridiculous. Why would it be there? So I went home and I looked for it. I couldn't find it anywhere. I went back to the hospital. I think it's in the glove compartment of your car. It was in the glove compartment and something was telling me, you know, like loads and loads of different things. Anyway, so I was having this conversation with my dad mm-hmm. about uh, all of these kind of paranormal events throughout my life that had happened. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, dad, I just need to know for sure, you know, I, it's doing my head in, you know, because mm-hmm. I've been smelling this thing from violets after my grandfather had died. My mum used to smell violets because I'd given him violets when he died mm-hmm. and she would say that he'd be around. And I started smelling them as well after my mum had died. I, uh, so many things. And, um, we made this little pact between my dad and I. He wasn't ill at this point. Um, and I said to him, well, can you just show me beyond all all reasonable doubt that, you know, if we carry on, we carry on, but only if it's safe for you to do so. And I said, perhaps when I'm in the loo, you could, like we were just joking, like you could make the toilet roll like mm-hmm. reel off or something. And like we had this joke. Anyway, when he was unwell, this is leading up to the very strange thing. When he was unwell, Um, I used to feel like he would visit me when he couldn't speak and things like that. And there was this one particular time I was sat with him and I'd said to him, you know, don't forget your promise to me. You know, Mm -hmm. you did promise you'd show me if you can. And he kind of at that point kind of gave me a look. So to say, you know, he would do. And uh, after he died, there were various things that had kind of gone on. So he... um, that I was discounting. So things would come on, I had a digital radio. So things would, I'd be thinking something in my mind and it would come onto the radio and it would be something that would kind of answer. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, well, digital radios do that all the time. They kind of come in and out of signal, but it would Mm -hmm. fit with what I was kind of questioning in my mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, 
I, I would dismiss it and then um, went to the chapel of rest to see my dad. And basically I'd had, I had about five or six pages of all these kind of tributes to him from all the people in the army saying, you know, these wonderful, amazing things. So I stood next to him and I read them all out to him. And um, I, I said to him again, dad, please, you know, please show me that you are still around if you can. But again, only if it does no harm to you. I got in the car and supercalifragilisticexpialidocious started playing. Mm-hmm. And the usual thing that you've got playing through your phone <laughs> into your car. I didn't even have it on my phone. Apparently, my daughter had decided to download it that day. Now, mm-hmm. the long and short of it is when my dad was really poorly, he, he after my mum had died, he'd met this other woman. And um, they used to kind of take the mickey out of him not being able to speak, which was obviously quite cruel. And um, one particular day, there was this kind of little pact that he had with me. It was like, right, I'm going to say that because they said, oh, I bet you wouldn't even say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious for you. And my dad actually managed to say it. And it was literally like I'm sticking two fingers up to them because I, I can do it. Yeah. So then they started playing. So then again, I discount it because, you know, it's it's random. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. My daughter had somehow decided to download it. Um, so I discounted that. Anyway, it came around to the funeral the day before um, I'd taken my children uh, around the BBC thing and we'd been messing about on the phones. And this video had been sent through to one of my dad's army friends that I knew nothing about. And uh, he was like, ha, 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 typical Tony. That was my dad. And um, basically, I hadn't sent this video to him. But this got me talking with this person who turned out to be a, a medium and he said he kept saying to me oh your dad is always with you so one of your dad's army mates was a medium turns out so yes <laughs> i think medium I do. came up to me in the at the funeral and said you know your dad is always with you and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. you know people always say that he's like no yeah. no your dad <laughs> is with you i'm like right okay anyway that evening uh, I was sat with my cousin. I was staying at her house. Everyone had gone to bed. We were, we were just sat there together. And I was talking to her about all these various things that had happened. And I was saying to her, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm being pulled back onto a more spiritual path. You know, like illnesses would mean that I would have to do healing and kind of various things in order to pull myself back. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of different illnesses have occurred in my life. And we were just talking about various things. And then all of a sudden it was like a right next to me. And it, I was back in my mind next to my dad in the chapel of rest and I could feel this icy cold. Like I just walked into, you know, like a butcher's freezer or something Mm -hmm. on the TV freezing cold. And I had my hands, my, uh, my hair stood on end and I was like, Oh oh my God, this is weird. And I walked over to my cousin who was sat on, on another chair and I went, just look at that. And she went, Oh, and she could feel this ice, ice cold, I was just like, oh, and then it was literally like the, you've, you've asked for this. This is yeah. like freaking. It was literally like the. Um, <laughs> you've asked for this. You're getting it now. <laughs> it was like the life had been drained out of me and I went gray and it was just like, whoosh, and I couldn't, I had no energy. I couldn't speak. So we, we came together and we sat together on the sofa and I said, you know, this is just really weird. I feel like, I feel like my dad's here. And I, we were just talking normally, you know, I wasn't. I, I don't do like seances. I don't do any of this like speaking to dead people thing. Um, this was spontaneously happening. And the night before when I'd gone to bed, um, mm-hmm. 
I hadn't slept. And in the morning I'd had this dream and my, I felt my dad, I felt love. And he said to me in my mind, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for it to turn out this way. Um, don't worry about the money and things like that. You've got me. I am always with you. So that's exactly what the man said at the funeral. Yeah. I'm always with my you. dad has already said it. So anyway, I discounted it. There are mm-hmm. loads of different things, but before we'd gone home, and we were having this experience with with what turns out to be my dad. This was experienced by lots of people, okay? So mm-hmm. um, I, we went to like an Indian restaurant post-wake um, with mm-hmm. my dad's brothers, my, you know, my aunties, cousins, blah, blah, blah. We were sat there and my brother's uh, wife was there. So bear in mind, my brother's also died. Um, mm-hmm. And his son was doing the music for my dad's funeral. And he said, oh, I see they didn't play the... Um, Oh God, what's his name from Genesis? Phil Collins. Phil song. Collins. And my brother's wife said, "Yeah, but they played the Celine, the Celine Dion one, didn't they? I bet that was like the woman that he he married. I bet that was her that wanted that." In my head, no, that was the song we played at your mum's funeral. I don't remember, but that mm-hmm. you know, my heart will go on. That was yeah. the song. And I said, "Oh no, I think that was from." my mum's funeral and then so in this indian restaurant ding 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 all this like music playing yeah. over the top were pan pipes for the beginning of celine dion my heart were over the top over the top of bangra over the top of bangra yep. so celine dion the bangra remix <laughs> as you guys are talking about come and buy it now yeah we were all there and we all it was it was playing for about 20 seconds it was there for a while my husband at the time didn't hear it and neither did my cousin's boyfriend everybody else in that room heard it we were just like what 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 the hell you know <laughs> and speechless and then it just carried on and i'm like well maybe it is just some kind of weird room it's been it never it never came back on again so we were talking about that in her house when mm-hmm. all of this was happening and i say my dad said that he would promise that he would uh, prove to me and i'd said to him prior to that you know don't do the toilet thing think of something else please because that's just a bit weird <laughs> <laughs> and anyway we started talking and and then when i said i feel like my dad wants to communicate with me then my then the icy cold would come back and she could see you could see my my hair moving and there was like a we had a cushion between us and it had a a, a thread that would that started moving so it was like there was some kind of energy there and we were chatting and we were talking, we were asking questions and then we were getting these answers. And then all of a sudden, this is the weird bit. So the weird bit is yet to come. <laughs> it's still not there. Yeah. <laughs> it was like my dad transposed himself over me. I couldn't speak, which is obviously how he was when he... Yeah. Sorry. I couldn't speak and my cousin looked at me and she went... I can see Uncle Tony. Your eyes have changed, your mouth, your face. I know you're there, but it looks like Uncle Tony. And I and I'm like in my head, I bloody know, you know. Because <laughs> I can't feel I'm like stuck. <laughs> so of course I'm like a freaked out totally. And then it stopped. And then we were just like, oh my God. And she said, Well, look, you know, uh, he's not gonna want to scare you. So I was like, Dad, I'm okay, blah, blah, blah. If you need to come back. And and he and he came back and she could see him again. And then we were like, Oh, she said, Oh, can you kind of do it on me so that Amanda can see you? And and that was a that was a no kind of showing on my hand. So that's the most freakiest weird experience and 
um loads of stuff happened after that but i feel mm-hmm. like i'll be here talking to you for about ten thousand hours and people will be a bit bored but um it culminated in her going in the shower because i'd said the next day or i don't know whether that was my dad or whether i felt because it was like it ended up with like an angry feeling mm-hmm. and uh, she'd gone in the shower and had this voice in her head say to her um your dad's you know your dad's your dad there's no there's no two different people and then i'm like i want that to happen when i go in the shower (laughs) why isn't anyone talking to me and anyway i was in the shower and i'm like oh actually that's just a bit weird a bit like the toilet thing (laughs) (laughs) my dad in the shower with me and then in my head he said it's not like that it's energy i see you as you see me right now um yeah it's just energy and that was kind of quite a profound moment for me because I couldn't really deny any of that because I was there. Mm-hmm. I had there a was wit- another person. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just you. I, I, I had a lot of witnesses, but you know, I couldn't. He literally came and did it. I mean, I still try and discount things <laughs> now, anyway. But I can't help myself. That that word has to stay. Yeah, but then I realized, you know what, I've just got to embrace it. And then I'm kind of like, I've got to bring the two together. Because Mm -hmm. really, from my experiences, uh, both myself and from working with clients over the years, what I find is when people are disconnected from their selves, from their core knowing, from their intuition, they they can become unwell physically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. mentally, relationally. Mm -hmm. And that's very much what I'm about. I'm not about, the psychic part for me is not about me going out doing psychic demonstrations, mediumship readings, none of that. I have actually posted, I have posted video of me doing a mediumship demonstration, which I don't I think know I saw you that on your link tree. On your link tree, it's got. Yeah. 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 I, I was going to come back and check that out. You I'm going to check it out that. now. I tell you what, it's, it is phenomenal in that. Uh, and I say that myself. <laughs> with all humility. <laughs> with all humility. No, no, purely because the only reason I've done it is kind of scientifically to show people what we're capable of mm-hmm. and looking at it, you know, from a detached point of view, not from my point of view, it's phenomenal in so in such as 24 hours before that demonstration, I wasn't doing this demonstration at all. Um, I was at like a training thing at the College of Psychic Studies and I I was asked if I wanted to do it. No, that's not my thing. Um, but 24 hours before I had the name Clive coming into my head all the time. Clive, Clive, Clive. And it was doing my bloody head in. Mm-hmm. And Gordon Smith, very well known, very highly regarded uh, medium, was running this course. And they brought in the general public. It was kind of like for exam Mm-hmm. and he said um I'd said no I'm not going up and then he was kind of introducing everything and then this kind of energy filled me and I and he said okay so who's coming first and I'm just like that with my hand up and prior to going there I'd said to one of the um one of the um people's wives I'm not going up there but if I do can you record it because I'm meant to say I'm meant to share it on social media so that I don't have to do it again so that I can prove to people what we're capable of doing so she's kind of looking at me, but you've just said you're not going up there. So obviously I was going up there, wasn't I? <laughs> it was happening. It was happening. So hand straight up, first one up there. And um, I started getting all of this information. Like I could feel on my right foot that she had had pain in her foot. And um, she'd broken two toes. She had two broken toes. I didn't know this woman. She was right at the back of the room. And I knew that it was kind of six weeks earlier, exactly six weeks, she said. Um, I could see and feel her boys 
got their ages right, their the months, you know. And then at one point, I'm like, "Who's Clive?" And she's like, "Oh my god, that's my husband." And so Clive. So you've been, been hearing the word Clive from the day before. Twenty-four hours. Yeah. And I wasn't even, this is what I mean. It's bizarre. It's like, what's going on? I'm not saying I'm sat here talking to dead people, although I have just told you the story about my dad. And I don't <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't tell people that. Um, <laughs> that but, you, but you're definitely seeing the energetic connection between humans and, and engaging with information that's not been physically made manifest yet. I like that. Yes. Yes. So I get images, I get mm. movies, I get sensations in my body. I get. So you're uh, more than, so you're clear sentient, clear audience, clairvoyant. Yeah. And claircognizant. So knowing. Yeah. I got it all going down, boy. <laughs> That's really now. freaking cool. No, no, no. I'm claircognizant myself. So. Are you? Cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, so, yeah, so I kind of I've put that out there to show people what we're all capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe we are all capable at some level or another. Mm-hmm. And I believe, you know, there's a lot of evidence because I um, I work a lot with the um, I don't work a lot with them. I'm in contact a lot with the um, people at the University of uh, Northampton. They do a lot of work with parapsychology. And nice. um, I've been to some of their, co- their conferences and things like that. And um, now I've just forgotten where I was going with that. You are in contact, you work with, but sort of. Yeah, I was going to do, they keep wanting me to do my PhD there with them, but um, I'm, I'm not ready for that right now. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Doesn't matter. Not, not meant to go there. Doesn't matter. I want to just really just loop in on the kind of stuff that you're using, because obviously you said the whole journey with the. Uh, I know what I was going to say. Sorry. Go for it. Um, that's so bizarre. You forgot again, didn't you? Yeah, no, there's a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of research that shows that people that um, have gone through mediumship training um, have a much higher level of well-being than people but than prior to going through it. So there's definitely something going on now, whether that's so in order to connect in with a lot of this energy information, sh- shall we say, there is a lot of uh, meditation that goes on. There is a lot of kind of um, uh, slowing down the brave wa- brain waves, stepping out into the energy around us. So it could very well be down to that. But um, from that, it's kind of showing me that if we're all able to do that, if we're all able to connect in with our intuitive selves, then we're more more likely to enhance our uh, our well-being and i want to help people to learn to heal and help themselves as i said from a child and Mm -hmm. so in doing that in teaching people how to get this information themselves then they're less likely to need to keep going outside of themselves looking to other people to help them to guide them to direct them to get their their own agency yeah because a lot of people they'll go to a medium and that they want an answer and it's not enough and then they'll go to it they'll go back again and again and it becomes a bit addictive and yeah so that's there was a time in my life when i was a bit addicted to it really yeah I didn't get to the point of not getting out of bed without checking what was in the stars. But I did. I think I was cursed with having really, really good ones. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I was, But then where I kind of stand on it now is infinite possibilities, infinite possibilities, but there's a higher probability of something that's on our path. 
and generally speaking, we're getting shown what the highest probability outcome is. But what I do now is I actually use it as a bit of a hack. So if I'm in a stuck state, for example, around something, and I know what I want from an outcome, Mm -hmm. then what I actually do is I, um, I use a reading to show where I am in relationship to the outcome as a higher probability. And if I'm on the track, then that allows me to reduce my um, mental chatter around whether something's likely to happen because I just need to hold the line on it. And then if I'm up track, then I ask myself, is it in my highest and greatest good to go for it? And if so, then I make the adjustments to get back on track with it. Nice. That's how I use it as a tool. You're connecting in with your, because you're you're able to do that now for yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. So rather than, it's like a, I'm, okay, I'll use my cards. I'll use my inner knowing. I'll use visualization to check. And if I'm unable to, then I just get a bit of support rather than, oh, well, I'm just going to see what blah, blah, blah says about it. I remember that um, I take the girl freaked me years ago. And uh, when we first started dating, like we just, she goes, oh, I asked my psychic Lily and she said that we're not going to last forever. But after you, I'm going to find the love of my life. Okay. I was like, (laughs) well, I just met you. So um, didn't really have any attachment to something happening here, but it's good to know that you've got no intention of this going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that's so common. I mean, I've had Mm -hmm. so many clients that have have completely changed their life paths based on what a medium or or a psychic said to them. Mm -hmm. I was kind of, it's kind of in line with that myself because after, literally after my mum died, I was watching BBC Two and uh, there was a documentary and it was on Gordon Smith and they were following him and they were trying to kind of disprove what he was doing because he's he's someone that gets first names surnames you know street names that kind of thing he's yeah. very highly he's regarded. On, the, on, on the ball yeah and um so then I was like in my head he's going to show you without any doubt that blah 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 so I went on my own little journey I decided uh, I, my friends for my 30th birthday bought me tickets to go and see him I didn't get my reading then we queued up to get the book signed and I said oh you know can you give me a reading blah blah no 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 sorry I can't do that it'd be five years I'll wait five years you know I never got my reading and so I decided to go on his courses <laughs> signed myself up to an advanced mediumship course as you do when you yes. know, I actually do pretty well <laughs> <laughs> so I, just so that I could try and get a reading from him yeah. uh, this was my little journey you know like this kind of desperation to get this reading it never ever happened but over the years I got to know Gordon really well and he got to know me well and he's actually still didn't do a reading no it's actually Gordon that started calling me the psychic psychologist um you did get a reading no well I suppose you could look at it that way (laughs) Um, my journey through that taught me because when you know I I have had the odd reading like years ago and I would always a bit like I did with myself I would discount it it would never be enough wouldn't matter how much evidence was there I'd have a reason to like bat it down and I realized that even if Gordon the great Gordon had given me a reading I would find it wouldn't be enough it wouldn't Mm. last long or I would find a fault with it but actually it was Gordon it was through doing his courses and through stepping out and doing that demonstration which by the way I she became friends with me on Facebook I started looking through all her Facebook to make sure she wasn't just pretending that I was saying the right <laughs> so thing. So you did some stalking. I did some, some stalking because I didn't believe myself. and I. <laughs> but it was all true. Wow. Um, so that taught me that had that I had to learn it from within myself. Mm, I had to connect and experience it to know it fully. 
And it's from being able to do it myself to some like blindfolded on a number of kids, like really detailed stuff um, that I now know that it's possible. I don't know whether it comes from dead people. Who knows? But Who I do knows know it's coming we, from, but you know, it's I, real. Yeah, it's, it's just possible. So there you go. The psychic psychologist. Freaking fabulous. I want to read them with you. I want to do what I'm going to set up a session with you. Well, I don't do them. I've been asked by lots of people. So After that, you'll watch when you watch the demonstration. I had lots of people saying, Where can I buy tickets to come to your event? Can I have a private reading? Blah, 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 blah. Every single person, I'm afraid, I've said no because it's not in alignment. I, it's not in my integrity to do that because my, my uh... message is is to help people to help themselves and therefore I'm, I'm not doing readings i love it yeah how could people find out about you and not get a reading <laughs> <laughs> well um so the www.thepsychicpsychologist.com it's not the psychic the, psychologist the 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 i am the there's only one the. of me the there psychic psychologist me. i am the one and only <laughs> yeah, so, so we'll get we'll get that pop there. we'll get that popped in the show notes. Thank you. I'm I'm creating some courses. I've got the trademark for meditation medication. So that will be in line with yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. That will be in line with some psychology based tools and bringing in meditation um, uh, instead of medication. But I have no issue with people having medication as well. And then there's also telepathy teachings, which is where telepathy. telepathy. Yes, I have the trademark for that too. So it's more than telepathy and it's more than empathy. And it's kind of come from my work with clients. And I realized- You've got some bloody cool names here. Do you like them? You've got some really cool names, Mandy Boop. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm creating courses, telepathy teachings, meditation, medication. The Connected Self series um, is something else that I'm doing because helping people to connect in with themselves. Then it comes on to the connected couple, the connected child, all that kind of. That's all my vision out there for the world. Well, you let me know how I can support because this is some bloody cool stuff. Thank you very much. That's very kind Mm. of you to say so. Just got to get it done. You just got to get it done. Listeners, if you are as enamoured with Mandy Boop as I am, you're going to head over to thepsychicpsychologist.com. Get yourself registered on whatever email list you can to know when all the groovy stuff's happening. Uh, Mandy's also very active doing some really cool hacks and strategies and tips and guides on Instagram. We'll make sure we put some um, links to that too. Um, As always, guys, I'm going to invite you to do what I always do, live a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life by choice. You've got the power to do it. You can be your own psychic. You can be your own healer. We have evidence that for that, that is true. And support is available here for you to get there. Until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Love you, love you, love you. And don't chase the truth. Be the truth. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.